0: Chapter Thirteen of On the Trail, an Outdoor Book for Girls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Christine Lehman, Reseda, California. On the Trail, an Outdoor Book for Girls. Chapter Thirteen Camp Fun and Frolics Active Sports and Games. Evenings in Camp around the campfire quiet games songs and stories lighting fires without a match camp fun should have a place and an important one in your plans for the trail for the time being the camp is your home and it should never be allowed to become dull for want of a little gaiety and wholesome amusement in a permanent camp there will be days when the entire party will be loafing and then is the time to start a frolic of some kind obstacle races competitive sports are always entertaining and races, of one kind or another, are the most exciting. The Boy Scouts have a race in which the competitors drop first their staffs, then their hats, their neckties, leggings, and finally, struggling out of the blouse of their uniform, they drop that also. All this must be done while on the way and before they cross a given line. At the line they turn to go back over the course and, while running take up their various belongings and put them on before they reach the home goal a race planned on these lines will be most amusing a smooth course is not necessary. you probably won't have it at camp and to get over the uneven ground with the detentions of first dropping then picking up the articles dropped will add to the excitement of the sport. An entertaining variation of this will be to have those taking part in the race appear in impromptu costumes worn over the ordinary dress which they must remove piece by piece as they run and put the thing all on again while returning over the course such hastily adjusted costumes cannot help but be funny medals the winner of the race should be given a medal as a prize the medal can be made of any handy material. A tin circular disc cut from the top of a tin can will do. Drive a nail through this tin metal near the edge, and pass a string through the hole, so that it may be hung around the neck of the winner. Or, instead of giving a medal, the victor may be crowned, like the ancient Greeks, with a wreath of leaves. Blindfold Obstacle Walk another amusing camp sport is the blindfold obstacle walk place six or eight good-sized stones on the ground in a row about two feet apart the stones should be flat on top so that you can stand a tin cup filled with water on each stone let one member of the party make a trial trip over the cups stepping between them as she passes down the row then blindfold her place two people as a guard one on each side of her to hold her hands and prevent a fall and let them lead her to the end of the line of cups and tell her to go over it again The guard will steady her in case she stumbles, but must in no way guide her course aright. THE STEPPER WILL STEP HIGH AND BE ABSURDLY CAREFUL NOT TO KICK OVER ONE OF THE CUPS, FOR WET FEET WOULD PROBABLY BE THE RESULT. SOMETIMES THE STEPPER WILL LEAVE THE LINE OF HER OWN ACCORD. SOMETIMES HER GUARD WILL PURPOSELY, AND WITHOUT HER KNOWING IT, LEAD HER OFF THE COURSE, AND THEN HER CAREFUL, HIGH STEPS OVER NOTHING ADD TO THE FUN OF THE ONLOOKERS. ANY NUMBER MAY TAKE PART IN THE SPORT, AND IN TURN ACT AS STEPPER at the end a prize should be given by vote to the one who afforded the greatest amusement hunting the quail this is something like the old game of hide and seek with which all girls are familiar and it will not be difficult to learn the players are divided into hunter and quails the hunter is it and any counting out rhyme will decide who is to take that part When the hunter, with closed eyes, has counted her hundred, and the quails have scurried away to their hiding places behind trees, bushes, or rocks, the hunt begins, and at the same time begins the cry of the quails Bob white, Bob white, Bob white. These calls, coming from every direction, are very bewildering, and the hunter must be alert to detect the direction of one particular sound and quick to see the flight of a quail and catch her before she can reach the home goal and find shelter there. The first quail caught becomes hunter in her turn, and the noisy, rollicking game continues as long as the players wish. Another romping game is called Trotting Horse, it is warranted to put in circulation even the most sluggish blood and to warm the coldest feet and it is fine for the almost frosty weather we sometimes have in the mountains the players form a circle in marching order that is each girl faces the back of another with a space between every two players trotting horse the it of the game stands in the centre of the circle when she gives the signal the players forming the circle begin to run round and round keeping the circle intact while trotting horse always trotting tries to slip between the ranks which close up to prevent her escape trotting horse must trot not run if she runs when making her escape she must go back into the ring and try once more to break away when she succeeds fairly in getting through the ranks the player in front of whom she slips becomes it and takes the place of the trotting horse wood tennis wood tennis is of the woods woodsy green pine cones take the place of balls hands of rackets and branches of tennis net lay out a regular tennis court by scraping the lines in the earth or outlining the boundaries with sticks or other convenient materials build a net of branches by sticking the ends in the ground and collect a number of smooth green cones for balls wood tennis must of necessity Differ somewhat from the regulation game. Since pine cones will not bounce, and there are no rackets for striking them, they must be tossed across the net, caught in the hands, and quickly tossed back. In other respects, the rules of the established game may be used entire or simplified if desired. Around the campfire. When darkness creeps through the woods, closing in closer and closer, when it blots out one by one the familiar landmarks and isolates the little camp in a sea of night with the mutual wish for nearer companionship we gather around the campfire, the one light in all the great darkness we are grateful for its warmth as the evenings are chill and its cheery blaze and crackle bring a feeling of hominess and comfort welcome to everyone if there are men in the party they light their pipes and then begin the stories of past experiences on the trail which are of the keenest interest to all campers these stories told while one gazes dreamily into the glowing coals of the fire or looks beyond the light into the mysterious blackness of the forest have a charm that is wanting under different surroundings the stories are not confined to the men for in these days when girls and women are also on the trail they too can relate things worth the telling songs then come the songs if there is someone in the party who can lead in singing she can use a familiar air with a rousing chorus as a frame upon which to hang impromptu verses made up of personalities and local hits this is always fun and you are surprised how quickly doggerel rhymes suggest themselves when your turn comes to furnish a verse to the song the leader begins something like this using perhaps the air and refrain of an old chanty or college song leader i spotted a beaver but he wasn't very nigh chorus don't you rock so hard second soloist his fur was all ragged and he had but one eye chorus don't you rock so hard. Oh, you rock and I rock and don't you rock so hard. Everybody rocks when I rock and don't you rock so hard. Third soloist, you may laugh at the beaver, but he's always up to time. Chorus, don't you rock so hard. Fourth soloist, oh, do drop the beaver and start a new rhyme. Chorus, as before. A song like this may go on indefinitely. Or until the rhyming powers of the party are exhausted bird call match in a camp where the members are all familiar with the calls of the various wild birds a bird call match makes a charming game when the party is gathered around the campfire the leader begins by whistling or singing the call of a wild bird if it can be put into words so much the better for instance We will take the first few notes of the wood-thrush, which F. Schuyler Matthews has put into notes and words as follows. Come to me, I am here, wood-thrush. Or the yellow-throated vireo, which he gives in this way. See me, I'm here, where are you? Yellow vireo. If the leader is correct, the next player gives the call of another bird when a player gives a bird call which is known to be incorrect that is absolutely wrong and someone else can supply the proper rendering the first player is dropped from the game just as a person is dropped out of a spelling match when she misspells a word if there is no one who can give the call correctly she retains her place this is excellent training in woodcraft as well as a fascinating game your ears will be quickened to hear and to identify the bird calls by playing it and storing bird notes in your memory for use in the next bird call match will become a habit vary the game you can vary this game by giving the calls of wild animals and the characteristic noises they make when frightened or angry living even for a short time in the wild will develop unsuspected faculties and qualities in your make-up and to perfect yourself in knowledge of the woods and its inhabitants will seem of the utmost importance while learning the cries of birds and animals in sport you will wish to retain them in earnest and to enter the wilderness equipped with some knowledge of its languages will open vistas to you that the more ignorant cannot penetrate lighting the fire without a match fire without matches A fire-lighting contest is the best of camp sports, for it requires practice and skill, and to excel in it is to acquire distinction among all outdoor people. There are girls in the Girl Pioneers organization who are as proficient in lighting a fire without matches as any of the Boy Scouts who make much of the feat. Bow and Drill Method the bow and drill method is the most popular among girls and boys alike and for this as for all other ways of lighting a fire you must have the proper appliances and will probably have to make them yourself unlike the bow used for archery the fire bow is not to be bent by the bowstring but must have a permanent curve choose a piece of sapling about eighteen or twenty inches long which curves evenly cut a notch around it at each end and at the notched places attach a string of rawhide of the kind used as shoe-strings in hunting shoes tie the bowstring to the bow in the manner shown in figure seventy five and allow it to hang loosely it must not be taut as for archery to the bow must be added the twirling stick and fire-board figure seventy six make these of spruce the twirling stick spindle or fire drill should be a little over half an inch in diameter and sixteen inches long its sides may be rounded or beveled in six or seven flat spaces like a lead pencil as shown in figure seventy six cut the top end to a blunt point and sharpen the bottom end as you would a lead pencil leaving the lead blunt to hold the spindle you must have something to protect your hand a piece of soapstone or a piece of very hard wood will answer this is called the socket block in the wood or stone make a hole for a socket that will hold the top end of the spindle figure seventy six the flat piece of spruce for your fire board should be about two feet long and a little less than one inch thick cut a number of triangular notches in one edge of the board as in figure seventy six make the outer end of each notch about half an inch wide and at the inner end make a small cup-like hole large enough to hold the lower end of the twirling stick this is called the fire pit the reason you are to have so many notches is because when one hole becomes too much enlarged by the drilling of the twirling stick or is bored all the way through, it is discarded, and there must be others ready and prepared for immediate use. TINDER. All is now ready for creating a spark, but that spark cannot live alone. It must have something it can ignite before there will be a flame. What is wanted is tinder, and tinder can be made of various materials, all of which must be absolutely dry here is one receipt for making tinder given by daniel c beard the tinder is composed of baked and blackened cotton and linen rags the best way to prepare these rags is to bake them until they are dry as dust then place them on the hearth and touch a match to them as soon as they burst into flame smother the flame with a folded newspaper then carefully put your punk baked and charred rags into a tin tobacco-box or some other receptacle where it will keep dry and be ready for use this can be prepared at home in the woods gather some of the dry inner bark of the cedar the fine stringy edges of white or yellow birch and dry grasses and dry them thoroughly at the campfire. mr beard also says you can prepare tinder from dry inflammable woods or barks by grinding or pounding them between two flat stones if you grind up some charcoal taken from your campfire very fine to mix with it this will make it all the more inflammable a good safe method to get a flame from your fine tinder is to wrap up a small amount of it in the shredded bark of birch or cedar so that you may hold it in your hand until it ignites from the embers produced by the saw with all your material at hand for starting a fire make one turn around the spindle with the bowstring as in figure seventy six place the point of the lower end of the spindle in the small hole or fire pit at the inside end of a notch in the fireboard fit the socket block on the top end of the spindle figure seventy six and hold it in place with one hand as shown in figure seventy seven grasp one end of the bow with the other hand and saw it back and forth This will whirl the spindle rapidly and cause the friction which makes the heat that produces the spark. When it begins to smoke, fan it with your hand and light your tinder from the sparks. Without the bow. Fire without the bow. Figure 78 shows a method which is the same as figure 77, the only difference being that the bow is dispensed with, the hands alone being used for twirling the spindle. While simpler, it is very difficult to put sufficient force and speed into the work to produce fire, and it is a very tiresome process. Another way is shown in figure 79. It will take two girls to work in this fashion. The spindle is whirled by pulling the leather shoestring back and forth. One girl holds the spindle and steadies the fireboard, while the other does the twirling. THE PLOW it is more difficult to produce fire by the plow method than with the bow but it can be done the appliances are simple enough all you need is a fireboard in which a groove or gutter has been cut and a rubbing stick to push up and down the gutter figure eighty other woods than spruce are used with success for fire drills and fireboards, but all must be dry these are soft maple cedar balsam tamarack cottonwood root and white not pitch pine bamboo fire saw part of an old bamboo fishing rod will supply material for the fire saw cut off a piece of bamboo about fifteen inches long split it and sharpen the edge of one piece to a knife-like thinness lay the other half down with the curved surface up and cut a slit in it through which the sharp edge of the saw can be passed one or two girls can work this when there are two one girl holds the slit bamboo down firmly while the other does the sawing figure eighty one put a little wad of tinder on a dry leaf and arrange it where the powdered sawdust will fall on it When the powder becomes sufficiently hot, there will be sparks, and these, falling into the tinder, can be fanned into a flame by waving your hand over it. You will not see the spark, but when smoke arises, you will know that it is there. Fan gently, else you will blow the fire out, and keep on fanning until your flame is started. End of chapter 13. Recording by Christine Lehman.